0: Welcome everybody, good evening, it's fantastic, fantastic to be back. Tonight's class is titled Preparing for a Mitzvah, and what I hope is when you leave, you'll be as excited as I was in preparation for tonight's class, with an insight into a Mitzvah that we do every day, and how deep it is how every detail of the mitzvah is so exact and connects us with such a deep level of Hashem. So before we look at this paper, we're we're in Tanya chapter 41. And previously we had a special class about two months ago uh, that delved into the beginning of chapter 41 Chapter 41 begins on page 206. Hashem is everywhere, is everything. And yet Hashem has chosen you. What if Uncle Sam say we need you? (laughs) We want you. We want you. You know, Hashem tells us, I need you a real statement not a. and if you think about that for a second that should give you a few positive shivers not shivers of fear but it should shake you a little bit that the king of all kings who created everything and to whom I a human being have no relative connection has chosen me as the center of the universe, that should put a little bit of a fire under us. But that's one contemplation. Tonight we're going to talk about how before every mitzvah there is a specific contemplation. Are you familiar with the idea of kavana, intent? Each mitzvah has its own unique intention. Each mitzvah brings us to a new place. So tonight we're going to delve into the mitzvah of tefillin and talis. Putting on your talis and tefillin. You know what, let's start off looking at this, at this paper. I think it will give us some good clarity to, to look inside. So what is the first thing that a man puts on in the morning? What do you put on first? A talis or tefillin? Oh. First, you put on talus. Now, why would you know this? Because there's some logic to it. That's why I wanted, just wanted to mention for a minute. Why do we put on our talus before the tefillin? It's completely logical. Because whatever you do more often comes first. And a talus you wear even on Shabbos. Tefillin we don't wear on Shabbos. So you put on your talus. One mitzvah, and then you do another two mitzvot. Tefillin is not one mitzvah. It's not one mitzvah to put tefillin on your hand and on your arm. It's two separate mitzvot: to put tefillin on your hand and then to put tefillin on your head. Actually, this is a very, the very practical, very practical idea. If the mitzvah of tefillin was one, so someone that didn't have a hand or didn't have a head—okay, just kidding. God forbid. <laughs> someone who didn't have a hand, hand, could still and does still put on tefillin on their head. God forbid if someone's missing a hand, they still put on tefillin on their head. But if there was only one mitzvah, they wouldn't do that. You, you're not completing the mitzvah. What about women? Good question. What about women? Well, or what is the question? Sorry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you talked about two mitzvot or three that yeah.
0: we all should be doing, but I don't think we're in the week. The three of us Because we don't do a How many a mitzvot tally. are there? Hmm. 613 Okay, But not really Because we can't do the moks, We're not in Israel And we don't have the temple anymore
2: mm. 610 because there's three here yeah that you can't do
0: <laughs> He said in general <laughs> oh. So tally. every Jew Can do 613 mitzvot That's what we learn But there's a mitzvah For example The mitzvah of bris Bris is not possible By a woman. So the same question. So, mm-hmm. so does that mean that they're missing a mitzvah? No, because I mean, aren't women <laughs> smarter? I, I mean, in, I, I'm not just saying that because I'm a woman, but I thought. <laughs> I, oh sure. <laughs> I, I don't know the answer no, to that.
2: Somebody else said that. Yeah, could good answer.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, I, that I don't know the answer to. <laughs> I'm just going to dig a little deeper. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> it's, a good, it's, a good, it's a good point. When a Mashiach comes, it says women are going to be on top, are going to be the crown. way, are going to be the crown of every man. They're going to be even higher than men. There's a lot of truth to what you're saying. But, but, how can I say everybody has all these mitzvot if some of them are not practiced by everyone? So actually, specifically regarding the mitzvot that men do, that women, that women do not, whether it's bris or the Gemara says that that is what marriage is about. By your spouse doing it, they're actually doing it on your behalf. So, it's not a lacking, it's not a. Yeah. So, we have the mitzvah of tefillin. For us to properly understand tonight's class, I want to delve in a little bit into what the tzitzis, what the talis, and what tefillin are. Talis is literally a four cornered garment that has strings tzitzitz it has on each corner. Now the reason I'm kind of making it so simple is because we have beautiful talism today. But truthfully, according to Torah, if you have a four-cornered garment, it needs tzitzitz. There's a famous story of Shlomo HaMelech, King Solomon. He went in to go to the restroom and King David was actually in the place. And are you familiar with the story? King David sn- cut off a corner of his garment he did it because he wanted to tell King, King Saul, not King Saul, King Saul, King Saul, I'm sorry. King Saul was, was running after David.
1: He was, to kill him. he was trying to kill
0: him. And so David wanted to tell, make a point to King Saul. He said, I love you. He was his father-in-law. He, he said, I love you, and I could have killed you. And he did that by saying, here is this piece of your cloak. I'll give, you an, I'll give you an example. I personally... Well, let me take off this... Uh, let me take off this... what I'm wearing for a second and show you. So this suit has four corners. It has one, two, three and four. Now, this these suits, just because of the size of the slit and other reasons, they don't qualify as a question. But you know what does? Are you familiar on Shabbos I wear a longer coat? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The longer coat qualifies as Mm tzitzit. And that is why you'll notice, and come, check it out when you see me on Shabbos next, that in the back of our kapata, as we call it, one of these corners here are actually rounded off. A kapata that we wear, one of these has a round corners, so it won't be four. It doesn't need tzitzis. So tzitzis is anything that has four-cornered garment. I mean, there's even conversations, shawls. You know, you know, a shawl. I mean, it's not men don't generally wear shawls, but a proper shawl would need tzitzis on it. That's tzitzis. That's a talis. So a talis is something that encloses you, truly something that wraps that wraps around you. Any questions about a talis? Yes. um, Women
1: have shawls that are, you know, there's some that are triangle-shaped and some that are rectangular-shaped,
0: do they? That's... So women do not need to wear wear. tzitzis. Correct. That's right, okay. And and by the way, that's kind of where the idea you mentioned before comes from. Because we say a yamulka, Mm -hmm. What what does yamulka mean? This is awesome. The word Ya means Yare Malka, fearing the king. It's unbelievable. So what does that mean? Women don't have to fear the king. So this is, this is where we say that naturally women have an inner, an inner fear. And the same thing is, Sittis reminds us to serve Hashem. So yes, that's something that perhaps men need a little more of a reminder. How do tzitzis remind us to serve Hashem? The word tzitzis is a numerical value of 600. Tzadik is 90, yud is 10, Tzadik is 90, yud is 10, and Tuf is 400, 600. And how many knots are on each corner? Five. One, two, three, four, five. How many strings? Eight, four, and four. Five plus four. Five plus eight is thirteen. Equals six hundred and thirteen. So it this reminds us of the six hundred and thirteen commandments. Okay. So that's regarding the talis. Th- I'm sorry. I probably went into too much detail there. I didn't mean to to bore anybody. Let's go ahead.
1: Sorry. I know this isn't the point of this, but I've often wondered. If a person wears tzitzit underneath their garments how come they also need to put on a talus in the morning? It's a great question. It's a great
0: question. I'm not going to address it now. But I'll answer actually I'll just give you a simple answer to leave with something. The the real ideal mitzvah is that it should be a full cloak. um, Like what you wear in Shul. Right. Yeah. Okay. yeah. If you just have
1: a four-cornered garment
0: without tzitzit, then it's not considered a is it? technically is. The Torah talks about tzitzit. It doesn't... I'm going to leave the question. It's a, it's a great question. But it's it's, it's, a, it's a good question. Yeah. Let's talk about the tefillin. The tefillin has four different parts of the Torah written inside of it. So here, this is the... It's You're looking at the... Um, you're looking at a uh, x-ray of its So do you do you see with do you see here the filling? Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask a question before we continue. Do you understand maybe I should show you a picture so we understand what we're looking at. When you look at this, do you see the filling in it or should I sh- should I show you a Well, this yeah. is like a cross yeah. section. Right yeah.
1: Inside of it. yeah, right. Here. <laughs>
0: So what's important to know is that there's head tefillin and hand tefillin. And here you're looking at the head tefillin. Here, I'm just going to zoom into this picture for a second. This is a head tefillin. There's a shin on it, so you know it's head. And also, if you could see, uh, there's four there's three lines running through the tefillin. Actually, it's four separate boxes. You see those lines? Mm -hmm. So that is the head tefillin. The reason being, in the head tefillin, there are four separate pieces of parchment put in it. You have the hand tefillin, which is one straight box, as you see, there's no lines on it, Mm -hmm. because all four parts of the Torah are written on one scroll. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: So in the hand tefillin, all four are written on one scroll. In the head tefillin, they're each written on their own um, in their own section okay so here we're looking at a picture of the head tefillin and in addition you see he, like there's a scroll the, each one says what scroll is inside of it mm-hmm. you have Kadesh <laughs> any questions about the, what I've shared regarding tefillin what, what, I, I... And the, Shmar, what are the, other two? the two other sections of the Torah. What do they mean? The Ki means it will be when you come to the land of Israel. And the Hayaim Shemoah is actually a, the second paragraph of Shema. There will be if you will listen to what I say. Okay. So when we go ahead and put on our tefillin and our Talis, what are we doing? This is awesome. What is Tfilin? Fillin is the essence of Hashem or or the part of Hashem and a talis is a part of Hashem let's do this together Hashem has created the sefirot Hashem created the sefirot the wisdom of Hashem is called Chachmah So you see on the right-hand column, the right-hand circle, under the Blessed Ain't Sof right here, it says Chachma. The Wisdom of Hashem. Chachma means Wisdom. Hashem's Wisdom is inside. You see that line connecting to Kadesh? Hashem's Wisdom is inside of the portion of the Torah of Kadesh Li Kol bechar. Hashem's Bina, Hashem's understanding is inside of the second portion. You see there's a line connecting V'hayekiv y'achat Hashem's Bina. The third section, the line is a little unclear, but if you'll follow me, it was supposed to print out in color, so I apologize, that's why. But the third section of Shema is connected to Chesed, kindness. And the fourth section of Ahayim Shamoa is connected to Gavura, strictness. Do you see those lines? So each one of these four sections within our tefillin connect us with Hashem's wisdom, understanding, love, or kindness and strictness as appropriate. So we're connecting with Hashem's wisdom and Hashem's emotions. Sorry, forget about us for a moment. Tefillin is connected with Hashem's wisdom and Hashem's understanding, Hashem's sorry, Hashem's knowledge and Hashem's emotions. Let me say that again. I got myself confused. I apologize. I probably got you confused. To fill in connects us with Hashem's knowledge and Hashem's emotions. What does the talis connect us with? The talis that completely surrounds us connects us with Hashem's kingship, the lowest level. You see, if you look at Malchus, there's a line connecting you to the Talis. Malchus connects you. Malchus, the Talis comes from Hashem's kingship, Hashem's Malchus. So now what happens when we put it on, and that's what those big lines are, each one of us is a microcosm of all creation and contains the Esser Sphira. So when we go ahead and we put on our Talis in Tefillin, we are connecting directly to Hashem's Malchus when we put on the Talis, We're connecting directly to Hashem's wisdom, understanding, and emotions when we put on our tefillin. This is truly amazing. Reflect on that for a second. Baruch, come. This place has your name on it. Everyone else was asked to leave. So, Chesed is connected to Chesed. That's right. That's right. Shema. It comes from Hashem's chesed. So when we go ahead and we put on our tefillin, and we put on our talis, we are connecting to the energies that Hashem has put in the talis and tefillin. Any questions? Good, then we're good to go. This is the second, this is the contemplation we're going to discuss tonight, that you should have in advance of each mitzvah, you should think about what that particular mitzvah accomplishes. And tonight we're going to give the specific example of what happens when you put on a talus and tefillin.
1: So, putting tefillin on, uh, arm and head, that's two mitzvahs, and with the talus, it's three.
0: It's a third. That's right. That's right. Hmm. And these other
2: are uh, the fir'ot.
0: To some, some other Absolutely, the other mitzvah. But tonight we're focusing on the talis and tefillin. Is this the same yeah, as the when mitsvot. a woman makes challah? I mean, that's a mitzvah. Sure. So every mitzvah has its own energies. Its own. Its own energy. energy. so the, well, the what we're learning now is specifically regarding talis and tefillin. has its own incredible energies. Very powerful, yes. Okay, so let's see this inside. Page 208. We're going to start on a left-hand column. The third paragraph where it says he should also. We're on page 208. Left-hand column. He should also. If you could just raise your hand if you have it, so I know we're good to go. Oh, Two hundred and
1: eight.
2: He should also.
1: It's like right, it's like in the middle of the line. Oh, good. You see it?
0: Okay. Okay. Do we have it? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Do you mind showing Dr. Mallow? Yes. Of okay. course he should also reflect, before you're going to do a mitzvah, you should also reflect how the light of the Ein Sof, blessed is he, which encompasses all worlds and pervades all worlds, which is identical with the supernal will, is closed in the letters and wisdom of the Torah and in the tzitzis and the tefillin, Hashem is directly inside of the Torah you're learning, of the mitzvot you're doing. And through His study, or donning these latter, the talis and Tefillin, He draws over Himself His light, blessed be He. You're drawing Hashem Himself onto you. That is, over the portion of godliness from above, which is within his body, and it may be absorbed and nullified in his life, blessed be he, when you go ahead and you do a mitzvah, or you learn, you're drawing down Hashem, directly inside of you. This is something to think about in advance of the mitzvah. Specifically, why did we choose the mitzvah of talis and Tefillin? To give an example, well, it's one of the first things we do in the morning. It's one of the first mitzvahs we have. Specifically, in the case of the tefillin, he should intend. And now let's look at this paper as we're going to read it. That the attributes of wisdom and understanding. Wisdom and understanding are. Which of the two spheros? The spheros are written out on your paper in, in Hebrew. I apologize actually about that. Which of the two are wisdom and understanding? Chachman bina. So the attributes of wisdom and understanding which are in his divine soul may be nullified and absorbed into the attributes of wisdom and understanding of the ain't so blessed is he which are closed in particular in the chapters of Kadesh and the Hayaki V'yacha so, so again you see that on the paper the first two sections of your tefillin of Kadesh and come directly from Hashem's Hashem's wisdom and understanding. And so, by putting on tefillin, you're connecting your wisdom and understanding directly with Hashem's wisdom and understanding. Now, what does it mean to say? This is a, a great question mark. Like, what do what, what do we mean that we should, we're connecting our wisdom to Hashem's wisdom? Like, what, is, what does that mean? How does that affect me? Why should I care? Well, let's not go, why should I care? How does that affect me? Mark, that's a question for you.
2: Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let me look up. Hmm. How does it affect me? If we, if we presume that we are a microcosm of all creation and God is within us, then when I do something special, i.e. do a mitzvah, that cements my connection to Hashem. And that's how it
0: affects me. Every mitzvah I do brings me closer. Yeah. Good. Good. I'm just going to tell you a little deeper. Oh, no, it's for sure on target, because it's true. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. We're going to go a little deeper here. Let's see that inside of Tanya. That is to say, he should use his wisdom and understanding that are in his soul only for God alone. This is very powerful. When you're connecting your wisdom Tashem's wisdom... Uh, it's it's a it's a union. It's a you're saying my wisdom is going to be used only for God's wisdom, and my understanding is going to be used for God's understanding. It's quite a quite a real. So Mark, of course, so you're connecting.
2: He's using mine; he's using everybody's. Then he's putting it into it like a big bowl. Well, well,
0: what we're what we're saying here is that by putting on tefillin. Not only are you connecting to Hashem's wisdom, but it's also a moment for you to reflect and say, I am going to use my wisdom only for holy things. And I'm going to use my understanding only for Hashem's understanding. But
2: then what happens when I go to work every day? I'm like going to use my wisdom to... To do what? Make a living. And? And take care of my family.
0: That's amazing.
1: Yeah. That's for God's purpose. Exactly.
0: That's what I wanted you to say. Thanks,
2: <laughs> <laughs> Bailed him out that's his greatest That's his greatest
0: purpose. The greatest thing you could do is go to work. right? If you, that's, the, that's the trenches. That's the real thing. Okay, you reminded me of a story.
2: You like
0: your brother now? <laughs> that's, that's an honor. <laughs> A chassid once came to his rebbe, And he would always dress... He lived in Moscow. But whenever he would come to the rebbe, he would always change back into his appropriate clothing. And one time he said, you know what, I'm fooling the rebbe. It's not... I'm going to come... I'm going to come the way I normally dress. So the rabbi told him, he said, Until now I thought that you were always a chassid. And you, you do what you need to do. But now to come like this. So that's, that's, that's a powerful point. To
1: I think you've told this story before, but I can't quite remember. So, he, how does he normally dress?
0: In jeans. He normally dresses like whatever was expected from a an aristocrat, and in, in, I don't know an aristocrat, but from someone who was working in Russia, in, in Moscow, where he was at the time, he dressed with with their appropriate clothing.
1: Right. And he's saying that's not how he normally dresses. Right?
0: But that, but when you go when he was visiting when he would, when he would visit his rabbi, he would always dress, put on the Hasidic garb. Right. Like and no, He would always wear tzitzit. But I, I don't know exactly right. what it was. But he wasn't wearing, yeah, his long black coat and his black hat. And, hat. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay.
1: yeah. But, but then he said, next time I'm going to dress how I am most of the time. Next
0: next time I'll show the Rebbe who I am my whole the whole day. Not just okay. when I come visit him.
1: Okay.
0: So the point is, to what Mark said, what is our... What's the focus? If the focus is the 25 minutes or the hour or the hour and a half a day that we're able to connect with Hashem, that's my focus. But practically, for me to fulfill Hashem's mission, I have to spend the rest of the the uh, 20, two and a half hours a day doing other things. That's fine. As long as we know the focus is the hour and a half. The same thing with that chassid. If, if you need to do what you need to do, of course, according to Torah and what's expected, that's fine as long as you know that you're a chassid. But the moment you get confused, that's a problem.
1: Oh, so what did
2: the Rebbe say?
0: Did the Rebbe say anything to him? Yeah, the Rebbe you know, told him that it would, I want you to know that you, you, you're a chassid. That's who you are. No matter what. And if, you're, if as a whole you're doing other things, but that's part of your godly service, that's great. But remember that your focus needs to be the godly service.
1: Well, there's another part, too. It's not just an hour and a half. Because you have a nishama, right? So maybe it doesn't stop. So you, have, so in the hour and a half, you're focusing all your attention on, on, on shame, and then you have to go to work. your nishama which you've kind of ignited in the morning or the an hour and a half is is guiding how you work to help keep you from doing ungodly things while you're working or something like that mm-hmm.
0: exactly upset. so who he is
2: is a chassid how he dresses is just part of who he is but who he actually is how he dresses is insignificant is not part of who he is yeah. Who he is is he's a chassid. Correct. How he presents himself is almost insignificant.
0: As long as he's really a chassid. Exactly. Right. <clears throat> right. Yes. Okay. So we've mentioned that. What it, What does it mean to put on tefillin? And what does it mean to connect your wisdom with Hashem's wisdom and your understanding with Hashem's understanding? It means that you're saying, "Hey, my wisdom, I'm gonna connect. I'm gonna use for Hashem. My understanding, I'm gonna use for Hashem's mm-hmm. understanding." Similarly, let's continue that the attribute of das that is in his soul, which includes both chesed, kindness and Gavura, sternness, fear and love in his heart. Well, let's stop for a second. What does this mean? We're saying das and we're saying das is chesed and givura. What does that mean? So das we say gives birth. So if you look at your paper, Das is the fourth circle down, and it gives birth to to something on its right and on its left. So because of that, Das is inclusive of both chesed and givura, kindness and strictness. This, that, that. just. No, let's just read that sentence again. Now. We'll, we'll, Significance of the I don't. I'm not familiar. Actually, I was looking at that earlier today. <laughs> Similarly, let's just go back and read that again. The attribute of Das that is in his soul, and Das which includes both Chesed, kindness, and Gvura, sternness, fear, and love, in his heart. What about it? Should be nullified and absorbed into the attribute of the higher knowledge. Which contains Chesed and Gevura. So you want to connect your kindness and strictness to Hashem's kindness and strictness. How do you do this? Which is, is closed in the chapters of Shema and Vahayim Shemora. So you see, if you see the Shema, there's a line to Chesed, and Vahayim Shemora, there's a line to Gevura. Because that's where they come from. What
1: does it say nullified?
0: Great question. Actually, I don't understand the question. What's your question?
1: In this heart, be nullified and absorbed. I, I mean, absorbed I understand, but nullified to me means that it no longer exists. Isn't that like your ego disappearing so yeah. you can mm. open up to, the, to, to a shame? Mm. It sounds
2: like a
0: negative, but I think it's positive. Mm-hmm. Awesome.
2: Mm-hmm. is it
1: that it's about? It's not about you at that point. It's about Hashem. Right. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. Okay.
0: So this idea that when you go ahead and you put on your fillin', you're connecting your wisdom, understanding, love, and uh, love, and strictness. To Hashem's wisdom, understanding, love and strictness This is what is written in the Shulchan Aruch That when you put on tefillin That he makes his heart and brain subservient to him This is the wording the Shulchan Aruch uses By putting on tefillin You're making your heart Your emotions Your love and fear And your brain Your wisdom and understanding subservient to him Subservient to God That's the nullified Yeah Thank you Okay, that's when you put on tefillin. And while putting on the tzitzis, he should bear in mind what is written in the Zohar, namely to draw over himself his kingship, his malchus, blessed be he, which is the kingship of all worlds, to bestow it particularly upon us through this commandment. Specifically through the commandment of Talis, do we connect with Hashem's kingship? And this corresponds to the subject of you shall surely set a king over yourself. um, Please.
1: Well, it just registered
0: that so when a man puts the tali on, he's under the auspices, so to speak,
1: or the tent of the king, which is God.
0: Yes. Yes. Literally. Yes, mm-hmm. and that is why we, tr- we try, or I try, or, or in this picture, we actually we mm. try to put the talis actually over our head,
1: mm. yeah.
0: because that's what a talis is, it's encompassing, you'll see also we get big talis, you know, that, that. yeah, there was a question, no, okay, perfect. So what happens if you you can't you can't create well, let's talk about what what, what, is it, what is a good servant if i could say sort of, yeah. this what's a good servant a servant and we're talking about a servant of god right now but a servant the best case is going to be a servant who loves and fears his math, his master. So if we want to be a servant of God, and actually there's a Torah commandment to be a servant of God. What does that entail? It entails fearing and loving God. We need to fear and we need to love God. For some of us, it's not so easy to truly fear God and truly love God. It's hard. We're in the we're smart, we're capable, we get things done. You know, I don't like. God, I don't know, I'm okay, and, and it's hard. It's hard to truly come to that. So, are you now lacking? the expectation or the mitzvah to fear and love God, if it's hard, and it's not your fault, it is hard, you are, Hashem has given you this challenge. So let's see that inside. In such a case, if you go ahead and you have, you think. You're thinking before each mitzvah. You're thinking, wow, I'm going to now connect my wisdom and understanding, love and uh, love strictness to Hashem. Even though after all this contemplation, no fear dread descends upon him in a manifest manner in his heart. Even after you've thought about our Hashem is looking at you each moment, still it doesn't give birth to this emotion in your heart. Nevertheless, since he accepts upon himself the kingdom of heaven and draws fear of him, blessed be he, over himself in his conscious thought and rational volition and this submission is beyond doubt a sincere one key point you may not feel the emotion but it's real how do I know it's real for it is the nature of all Jewish souls not to rebel against the Holy One blessed be He that is uh, there's a natural love and fear within you you may not see it or feel it but it's really there it's truly there and so, therefore, as long as you've done your part, you, you had this thought process, then the Torah he studies or the commandment he performs because of this submission and because of this inspired fear in his mind are termed perfect service. Like all service performed by a slave to his master or to his king. Okay. This is an important point. You may not be able to give birth to these lofty emotions. You know, some people... Do you, have like what, do you have that relative who, the moment they start t- talking, they're already in tears? It's already, it's a very emotional, you ever go like to, or have you gone to a family gathering and there's one person there who, just the moment they get up, they're already in tears? That, that's beautiful. Not all of us are like that.
2: Maybe they're just unstable.
0: <laughs> that's for you to decide. But some of us are more emotional, some of us naturally have that ability to just have this true... Even if you can't, that, that doesn't mean you're going to be lacking in your service of God. As long as you've, within your mind, brought up this fear and love because it's real. Even though it's only in your mind it's real. Sometimes we think about things and we try and create emotions within us. That's a little bit of a problem because you can't really create an emotion. But here we're saying you're creating an emotion that we, we know is there.
1: But we're not supposed to create a sad emotion, are we? What's
0: sad? Tears.
2: Tears could be happy.
0: Tears are sad? So tell me, what do you mean you shouldn't create a sad emotion?
2: Well, I, I
1: thought one of the, the, the premises is that we, sh- we should not be sad. We should not have sad emotions. <clears throat> and we should have a, a positive outlook. Oh we should be joyful.
0: Right. We should always be joyful. I mean, there are times yeah, you, you should not be different. depressed, but there's, there's a place we learn for sadness at times. Or, so tell, me, tell me more. I'm, I'm well, unsure. You, you were telling me that you were saying relatives always in tears. And oh, so I didn't mean that as a bad thing. Okay. I meant it as a very emotional thing. Your family's getting together. And it just really brings up tremendous emotions in them. Not not sad at all.
1: Okay.
0: Um, th- no, thank you for clarifying that. But I was sharing that point. In other words, some people naturally they're just more emotional. They get together, and other people, they're just they look like a stone the whole the whole time. Even though I'm sure that within them, you know, they're having emotions. Sorry, did that help clarify that point? Yes. 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 Okay. Okay. So. To force you to create an emotion you don't have, I can't do. <laughs> but to help you feel an emotion I know you have, that I could do. I know, so to say, the t- tiny us, we know that you have within you a fear and love of God. That's factual. It may not be revealed. So I could slowly assist you. In revealing the fear and love of God. Maybe it's only in your mind. But the moment you have it in your mind, it's you you've at least revealed, in a sense, what we know is deep down.
1: Well you have to that that don't we always say that the we've read in earlier chapters, the way to your heart is through your mind. Sure. You have sure. to come to an understanding
0: well, that's what we learn. It says, if you, have to, you have to love Hashem. And it's, how could you? I command you to love someone. I can't command you to love someone.
1: When you say fear, yeah, is it in a way synonymous with
0: respect? Yes, yeah. yes. How, how, I'll give you an example. We learn you should fear your parents. Fear. In that sense, is, is a lot of respect. Don't cut them off when they're talking. Stand up mm-hmm. when they come in. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. Let's summarize this. We'll take questions, and, and we'll. We started off tonight learning a second contemplation one should have before he does a mitzvah. The first one we learned in a previous class was to think how Hashem is everywhere and He focuses on you and he needs you. The additional contemplation you should have before each mitzvah is of that particular mitzvah's unique energy that it brings. <laughs> now, we don't have the, mo- the time right now to go through each of the 613 mitzvah's particular energy. So we discussed three mitzvahs. We discussed a particular energy that talis and Tefillin and each bring you. And we concluded sharing that even if you only create love and fear in your mind alone, that's enough to be called love and fear of God. What we're going to learn next week, which is fascinating, is that to love God alone is not enough at all. You could have the greatest love of God. And actually you just see that in a second if we re- read the next few lines. On the other hand, if one studies and performs the commandment with love alone, uh, just to skip ahead, um, it is not termed service of a servant. So you could have the greatest love, but that's not enough we need to have both love and fear together. Okay, any questions?
2: So we talked about the head phylactery, yes. about the arm phylactery. Yeah.
0: Great question. Great question. So, the four chapter, the four sections of the Torah are in both the head and the arm. So, both of them connect us with all of these four points. However, however, why the head and why the arm? What's the answer?
2: So you can get an extra. What did you just say? The heart, the head, the
0: head, arm. No. Ah, no. is that what? the heart no. and the brain? Yeah, the brain, the emotions and intellect. Exactly. This exactly the point we're learning. I just said yeah. you could get an extra mitzvah. That that's one reason. Yeah.
2: that doesn't the arm also symbolize the actual muscle uh, doing acting?
0: That, that's also true. But primarily, we learn. Primarily, we learn. Okay, when you put your tefillin on your arm, where should your tefillin be facing? Your heart. Your heart. Your heart. Yeah. So you put your tefillin on the highest point of your muscle. But actually, you turn it to face towards your heart. This tefillin, you can't, put a, you can't put the tefillin on your heart. You put it on your arm so that the, you ask why both pairs of tefillin, one of them, the hand one, is connecting us in a greater way with our heart, with our emotions. And the head tefillin is connecting us in a greater way with our brain, with our intellect. So it's actually taking the point we've discussed here and, and re-emphasizing that. Great, double points. Any yeah. other
1: questions?
0: It should physically be turned. It should not be up here. It should actually be physically turned to be facing yes, so your not, body.
1: Not, not um, ninety degrees though. Yeah, mine tends to. I mean, I mean, you you shouldn't have it It's twisted, like twisted like, like, twisted, like, like this, pointing toward, toward your chest. It should be half and
0: half. It should be pa- facing towards your chest. Oh, should be
1: facing it should, it directly should. towards your chest.
0: Yeah,
1: and not so far as your ribs. It's
0: just you have to be in between. Them. Maybe I'll come tomorrow. We'll will we'll, we'll, okay. I'll have to I see
1: thought it. it was, yeah.
0: Oh, no. no, it should be. It should yeah. be physically facing inward. Oh, exactly this point. We want it to be facing your heart. Say like, it again. Where's your, your, your heart? This idea? No, that's halakha. Doctor, that's Torah law. Point to your heart. Where
1: yeah. do
0: you think your heart is? Thank you very much. Yeah. Should so go too far.